Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Reichman. On May 25, 2018, the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, will be implemented throughout the EU. So, what is the GDPR? Well, essentially, it's a set of rules and requirements aimed at protecting personal data held by businesses and other organizations. The implementation of the GDPR represents the biggest shakeup of data protection laws in the digital age. But after it goes into effect, what can businesses expect? Mark Stanislawski is the Deputy Global Head of Cyber here at Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty. And Mark, high-level, quick overview. Can you tell me what the General Data Protection Regulation or the GDPR is, and why it's needed? General Data Protection Regulation is uh, a way for the European Union to unify their data protection laws. And the most important word here is probably regulation, because that means that the moment that it comes into effect, it actually becomes a law in all the participating countries. It's not like a directive that is almost like a guidance for other countries to try to develop their own laws around it. Though this, this comes in hot, the day that is introduced, it applies in all the countries. There is no grace period for everybody. This is basically a, a law that is standardizing all the data protection efforts around the European Union from the moment that it, that is live. And why is it needed is every, every country in the European Union have their own approach to data protection. Uh, and, and privacy protection, and this is an effort to to unify that, particularly to make it easier for the companies that are operating across multiple countries in in European Union, so that they have one outline of of requirements that they need to adhere to, rather than to try to figure it out for every country separately. And it's also good for the uh, the data subjects because they, it gives them a very clear um, rundown of all the rights that they have right now. Wondering a little bit, what kind of businesses are in the scope of this GDPR, and how will this regulation impact their risks? Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. There is a lot of misconceptions around which businesses are included, and one of the main um, myths that I keep hearing is that it's only a certain threshold of employees and revenues. That is that absolutely not the case. It also doesn't apply only to companies within European Union. It actually applies to every company that processes the data of people residing in European Union. It doesn't even have to be a, uh, a citizen. It's a person residing in European Union. So it has a very broad, uh, broad application. And one thing that all those companies have in common is that they they store or process personal information or they track um they, they keep track of individuals right and uh, if if a company fits any of those criteria it's basically uh subject to gdpr and how it impacts a risk i mean it's it's it is a very broad implication because it puts requirements on the companies on many levels starting from design of their systems so it imposes something that's called privacy by design whereby when a company is creating their IT infrastructure and architecture of their own, own systems, how the data flows, they already need to keep in mind the protection of personal information at this stage. And then they need to carry it out to actual you know, systems, and then they need to uh, adhere to a lot of additional rules and regulations around how they can treat the data, how they need to interact 
subjects prior to collecting it and in case there is a breach. So it has a very broad implication on how the companies are going to operate going forward. Tell me a little bit about how insurers can help prepare businesses for the GDPR. I know it comes into effect on May 25. So Mm -hmm. what do businesses need to be prepared for and how can insurance companies help them make those preparations? Primarily what we do is we engage in a dialogue with the companies, with the, the data protection officers or whoever is now representing that. The insurers have more expertise about the GDPR, so we are trying to you know, educate the clients or talk about the potential risks around them. And then at the late stage, when they, when they have a project of implementing, we can offer them insurance that is as part of the cyber coverage that helps them transfer some of the risks to the insurer, uh, the, the, the risks regarding GDPR, as long as they're insurable. So, Marek, you would assume there would be an uptick in the demand for cyber insurance as a result of the GDPR, correct? Well, you, you would assume that, but it's not, not as steep as, as people think. There is a general interest in the market, but since this is something that is relatively new in the European Union, it's only the companies that have a lot of U.S. exposure and they understand what it entails in terms of, you know, litigation and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, uh, potential costs arising out of a breach. Those companies are, are very interested in the insurance, but the companies that are based in Europe and operating in Europe, they don't really feel the danger yet. So that is one of the things that we are discussing with them. I mean, we're saying, well, this is, these are the things that happen in the U.S after the privacy regulations came, in, uh, came into force over there. So we might expect something similar over here. So m- you might want to think about, you know, after you've done your, your internal adjustments, you might want to think about insurance to help, uh, help yourself protect uh, from it. And some of the companies see the risk immediately, but for others, it takes a lot of time. It, it, it's definitely going to pick up after the GDPR comes into force when the first fines come rolling in. And then I think it will actually open the eyes for a lot of people saying, well, actually, actually, yes, we, we would need some sort of help and protection for that. Mark, that, that's quite interesting. How do you feel the education period has been for companies uh, over the last few months getting ready for the GDPR? I, I mean, are, do they know that this is coming to effect? And do they know that if they you know, run afoul to the law that they can put themselves in a situation where they can be fined or, or face other sorts of penalties? Well, it's a, it's a really big spectrum. Uh, there are some companies that have had a process for GDPR adjustment starting as early as 2013. So that, that's really impressive because they were actually adjusting the scope of their project while the GDPR drafts were involving. Uh, and they, they seem to be really on top of things. There are other companies that only realized, you know, late, late last year that they need to adjust. And then depending on the industry of the company, you may or may not just barely make it by, by May if you've started that last year. Uh, but a, a lot of the companies are still in the middle of their, of their processes. Some of them haven't even started because they still have this, uh, this conviction in their minds that they have under 250 employees, which was, up, uh, um, which used to be an exemption in one of the earlier drafts. So if they didn't, you know, follow up on this information, they still think that GDPR would not, not apply to them. And it's a bit educational, uh, effort for us to go around and, you know, give presentations, put together events for, uh, for clients and, uh, put everybody on the same page on this. Merrick, what? 
kinds of penalties can businesses expect if they do not follow these regulations? I know if I go over the speed limit, I'm going to get a ticket, right? If I mm-hmm. steal something from a store, I'm going to go to jail for a night. What kind mm-hmm. of penalties would businesses face if they don't meet these new regulations? There are two tiers of penalties. The, let's say that the minor transgressions can be fined up to 2% of the annual global revenue of the company. And the, uh, the, the, the deemed atrocities can be fined up to 4%. But there is a lot of discussions around what exactly is the difference. Like where, where, where is the threshold? Because you might think that, you know, late notification of data subjects after a breach would be a, a major issue. Whereas the GDPR kind of, uh, assigns the lower penalties to that, but a much higher penalty to not getting consent from data subjects for processing their data. So it's, it's very important to, um, understand which of the requirements of GDPR would be considered, you know, the critical ones in terms of fines and would be considered the minor ones. But in any case, be it 2 or 4%, it's still a lot of money for any company. Now, I mean, when we look back in the last years of cyber attacks and uh, breaches uh, in terms of uh, cyber threats, we see things like the Panama Papers, Equifax, Uber. Uh, what, if any of those, which ones would have been covered under the GDPR? Well, that's that's a, a very interesting question. And I, I would say that probably all of them, not to the same extent and not under the same requirements under GDPR. But if you think about Panama Papers, Equifax, and Uber, all of them... Uh, involved leak of personal information or information that are that are attributable to to individuals, and that would definitely constitute a data breach under the GDPR. NatPetya was a slightly different event because it was more of a um, business interruption issue, right, or, or or business disruption issue, and there you could still probably see a GDPR exposure in what I mentioned in the beginning in the. Uh, the uh, privacy by design. So if a regulator would launch an investigation into a company that was set by NatPetya and, and realize that, well, they they have had some lackluster security around their systems, which at the same time store personal information, I could probably see that come becoming a, a GDPR investigation because they might say, well, you're you're not protecting the data of of, of data subjects sufficiently. And it's basically a coincidence that this particular attack did not extract the data, rather than, uh, but, but rather, you know, encrypted and destroyed your your um, your data storages. So I, I think that it's a it's a very broad application, and 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 one needs to remember that the investigation and the fines are not only regarding cyber breaches, but they are basically around not adhering to GDPR. Which may or may not be the same thing. So you might have a, a you might have a data breach where GDPR has been adhered to, but you might have things like you know not granting proper uh, powers to your data protection officer that would still constitute a, a, a GDPR breach, but without an actual cyber event. One of the more interesting clauses that I've come across in the GDPR, and I'm sure many other people have as well, is this right to be forgotten clause. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of that clause, if you can put it in layman's terms for us? In very short 
summary. That is, uh, it's basically a contradiction to the statement that internet never forgets. And if you think about, you know, the barbarous trace on the fact where one individual is trying their best to delete their personal information from network, which is basically starting an avalanche of this personal information being propagated in, in other places. Or if you think about the, the infamous websites where people publish very sensitive information or, or pictures or even video of their ex-girlfriends and ex-boyfriends just to, you know, do harm to them or, or harm their reputation. This is something that, as a, as a regulator, you would say that it does, it does not work in public interest to to be able to do it. So the right for, to be forgotten is the uh, granting an individual possibility of erasing evidence of something that happened in the past that would basically shed a lot of negative light on, on, their, on their lives. That is that is very important for for individuals, but at the same time, it's it's very hard to implement for for the companies, and they put a lot of efforts into being able to you know track all the data around an individual and and being able to cleanse that out of their systems. You can read more about the GDPR and the effect it will have on businesses in the newest edition of the Global Risk Dialogue, which is now available for download on our website, agcs.allianz.com. If you have any follow up questions, and believe me, so do I, Marek and I could have. We could have gone on for days. You can send us an email to agcscommunication at agcs.allianz.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at agcs underscore insurance or on LinkedIn at Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty. Also, don't forget, folks, to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews we get, the easier it is for others to find the show. I want to give a very special thank you to Marek Stanislavski for joining us on today's show. And for all of us here at AGCS, I'm Ken Reichman, and we will see you next time.